Welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast, where we discuss various ramifications of REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy. REBT is a very powerful form of psychotherapy devised by Albert Ellis in the 1950s and started a revolution in psychotherapy along the lines of cognitive behavior therapy away from the Freudian psychoanalytic type of therapy. And the basic premise of REBT is that our emotions come from our thinking about situations, not from situations themselves. And a particular type of thinking, that's thinking in terms of demands. Must, should, supposed to's, have to's, because I prefer to do well and get approval, therefore I absolutely must. And I'm no good if I fail. A demand on others, you must treat me well, kindly, and fairly because I prefer you to. And if you don't, you're no good. You're a rotten person. And the third area of life, uh, the impersonal conditions of one's life. And that takes the form of because I prefer my life to be fair, easy, and hassle-free, Therefore, it must be, and if it's not, that's awful, terrible, and horrible. Today, uh, we have with us Niraj Nanau, who is an expert in rational emotive behavior therapy, and he and I will be speaking with Sid Vega. Sid is, uh, actually, Sid, you had a profession as a banker is that right yeah i have a uh, i have a degree in engineering but i, I never work on my field i was a banker it uh -huh. seems like god gives to me was to make money and i was very 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 good making money so i spent more more most of my life more than 20 years working in the banking okay. area very good and uh the reason we have you on as a guest Sid, is because you have a remarkable story you had a, a tragic part of your life and uh, you were depressed during that time. And then you pulled out of it using, I believe, some of the stoic ideas of moral virtue. Is that correct? That's correct. Unfortunately, seven years now, I lost my wife and three daughters on uh, Thanksgiving night. You know, one of those very, very, very sad stories. Yeah. Uh, I was the average Joe. You know that I will just deal with my feelings and emotions, never have a visit with a counselor or anything like that. This happens and literally changed life in a blink of an eye. So since day one, I knew that I need some kind of help. I start uh, therapy, counseling, visiting a psychiatrist. Of course, I was diagnosed with severe, extreme severe depression. They uh, prescribe, uh, you know, Benzos like Xanax, uh, uh, Solip and to sleep, you know, Ambien, uh, a full cocktail in order to uh, cope with life. As I was, I that that's in, in very in very in very short words. Well, what happened to me, Michael? Yes, yes. So as we know, uh, you had uh, as you had a tragic situation in your life. But as we know, 
situations don't cause our emotions. Our emotions are caused by our thinking about those situations. So it sounded like you had a few different emotions. One was great sorrow, great grief, mourning the loss. But you also felt depressed about that. Is that correct? Yeah, you can include to that. I, I developed agoraphoric behavior, lots of anxiety, you know, uh, the whole package, basically. Package. Right, the whole, right. The whole. Sadly, right. sadly, the whole package. So in terms of disturbed emotions, grief, mourning, sorrow, uh, are not disturbed emotions. They're appropriate to the situation. But in terms of disturbed emotions, you also had depression and anxiety. So my hypothesis is you also had some musts and shoulds, some demands in there. Niraj, did you have thoughts about that? Yeah, so uh, sorry, I want... I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, Sid, uh, I have a question here that um, uh, with such a great loss, uh, coping with this loss, uh, I think you did a brilliant job in coping with this loss. But uh, can you tell us what was the journey? What was how you came out of it? Okay, yeah. You know, like when we're kids and we, we something happens to us, we usually run and we hide behind our mama's skirt, you know, like for her to defend us. When we grew up and mainly on the on the West, I was raised Catholic. So usually people, we tend to run towards gold and hide, you know, for him to save us. Uh, I consider myself a very, very intellectual person. I knew that God has, if there is a God, because I'm not, I'm not assuring that there is a God. He has I'm sorry, more. I'm sorry, Sid. I'm sorry, Sid. I didn't. Sid, I didn't quite understand what you said. You knew something. Could you repeat that? What you knew? Yeah. No. I was telling that. I was saying, Michael, that since I was at the, my first approach as as a human being and raised as a Catholic was to run and try to hide myself behind God. I was raised Catholic. Oh, I see. I was, I, see saying, yeah. I was saying to Nayar that, uh, uh, well, what happens? You keep running because I, I know at that moment that God, the, He has more several things to be concerned. If there is God, no, I'm still a Catholic, but I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a Catholic. That's what I, I'm trying to generalize. So how I I I I cross path with this philosophy called Stoic philosophy. It's an ancient philosophy. That it's a post-Hellenistic uh, philosophy, mainly that it's it's one of the derivatives from from Socrates. Yeah, that's Stoicism. And that, that's Stoicism, is that the, correct? Come on, come again. You're referring to Stoicism. Yes, I'm referring to Stoicism. Uh, I I with with it. Consciously, I was looking forward to it, and thankfully, it was the thing that. I can say it's it's still cure me. I I I am already. I have I haven't taken any prescription medication since two years now. No, I am I'm, I'm very happy about that because I always see Xanax and Ambien and such things just crouches, you know. But uh, I, I I I I didn't feel comfortable with them. I will never I will never feel. Uh, uh, I will never like to be dependent all my life to have some kind of prescription you know to cope every single day so uh i'm going to speculate that everybody at this this forum we already know 
what the philosophy uh, uh, represents and what is entitled. However, we are talking, I'm saying that in few words, that moral virtue, it's just that cures me and it still cures me, you know, about all, all the... Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't understand the last sentence. Could you repeat your last sentence again, Sid? Yeah, um, yeah. We, we, I, I was trying to say, Michael, that moral virtue yeah. based on a stoic philosophy is the thing that uh, cure me and it still cures me every single day. It makes me a very, a very uh, best version of myself. So I would like to start saying that the stoics, they say that live by nature state. Usually people, regular people, they tend to think a state of poverty when they tell I'm, they I'm tell sorry, what was, the what was the last part? Live by nature, did you say? Yeah, the, the, the philosophy in a few words, it says you need to live by nature. Live by on nature. The, on the, yes, exactly. On the on the modern world that we live, Michael, uh, we, we people, we tend to think that it's a state of average, the more the lower state. Natural state it is the lower state. But they meant the highest civilization. They meant that what it become under the most favorable conditions. Hence, they identify life in accordance with nature, meaning a life with the highest perfection, with no sorrow. When you have no sorrow, well, you have When you, you know what? Depression. I'm sorry, I didn't understand that, Sid. When you know what? With no sorrow. Sorrow. Oh, sorrow. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, to which a man could attain. Now, since we men are rational animals, my work as a man is... Laying, living a rational life and the perfection of reason was virtue. So this is the first part. This is how. And how would you virtue. how would you define virtue? Perfection of reason. Perfection okay? of reason. Yes, they, yeah. that is how they define it. We can define nowadays our modern world, the twenty first century, virtue as tool. Yeah. In that. In um, that. It, yeah. At that There's, moment, at moment, they 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 they, they give it a very humongous, massive, colossal value to the word virtue. But nowadays, we can say a virtue as a, as a tool. We can use virtue as a tool. They have four different uh, four mainly, different aspects of virtue. They have made for 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 formally virtue that it was wisdom that. Yeah. Basically, we harness that what philosophy teaches, the welding in the real world, meaning, you know, walk the talk, as we say. We know what it's right to do, but few people do what we know what we must to do. Then there were temper. By right to do, oh, Sid, by right to do, do you mean acting? Yeah, you know, you know, you, uh, you uh, don't. Sid, oh, excuse me, Sid, excuse me. By right to do, do we, do uh, you mean are acting in accord with reality and reason meaning meaning do the right thing you know you don't condone don't condone uh, the holocaust for instance you know even if you if you try to intellectualize there is something that it tells you that it's not okay that it's not right you know yeah killing another human being i don't know but it doesn't feel right and what they say, wisdom, it's, you know, don't say, don't, just don't say killing is bad, just don't kill, or lying is bad, just don't lie, you know, walk the talk, do what right. you're saying, basically. Now, now uh, the way I think of it, uh, as 
REBT, Rational Motor Behavior Therapy, would view this, I think, is that uh, since our emotions come from our thinking, uh, disturbed emotions come from thinking in terms of demands. Must, should, supposed tos, have tos, uh, as opposed to coming from preferences. Uh, and that leads to appropriate negative emotions rather than disturbed emotions. Niroj, did you want to say something? Yeah, so I want to ask a question to Sid. Shall I ask you a question, Sid? Yes, go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah. So one important aspect uh, which you highlighted uh, is that walk the talk. So I want to ask a question that whatever uh, virtues defined in stoicism, which you understood first theoretically, and then you applied it in your real life situation. Okay. So what? how did you apply it in your real life situation? What was the journey? Okay. See, it's, it's we know that we, we humans, we work, we, we live in two different states. The conscious state right, right now that we can use words, understand, articulate mm -hmm. emotions. And there is mm -hmm. the subconscious, right? That it doesn't mm -hmm. speak English, nor Spanish, nor Latin, nor Russian. It, it is an abstract way to, to function, you know? Time, mm -hmm. it doesn't apply in the same way. We don't feel time in the con in the conscious way as we do on the, on the, on the conscious way. So for these uh, Stoics, they say that they were for primarily passions, meaning that those passions came from the soul, the subconscious. Okay, those mm -hmm. passions, and this is this, what it clicks to me. They were delight, they were grief, as, as Michael said, they were desire, and they were fear, you know. All of them were excited. They All of them were excited by the presence or the prospect, fancy it good or ill, you know. You know, what, what I tried to see, what prompted desire by its prospect caused delight by its presence. And prompted fear by its prospect, caused grief by its presence. Those two of the primary passions had to do with good and two with evil. And this is, and then we can complete now about moral virtue. This is a moral path. When we talk about moral, we talk about good and bad. I'm going to talk about good and evil, as they used to say. Uh, you know, and it was the business of the philosophy to fight against them. Nor was this strike a hopeless one, since the passions were not granted nature, but were due to false opinion, you know? They originated voluntary by vol voluntary judgments and owed their birth of the lack of mental sobriety. You know, when we are, there is too much noise around all of, all of us all the time. Nowadays, oh, you no, know, and so I, I would I would translate mental sobriety as uh, reason, using reason in our life, uh, using ideas that um, are in touch with reality, such as, and we have goals. We start with goals in our life, and then we have preferences to achieve those goals. So our preferences are in line with reality. But then when we escalate those to demands, musts and shoulds, that's when we have emotional disturbance. So uh, it sounds like that part of your process was at first you had 
demands uh, could have been things like, this must not happen to me. Uh, this, uh, my, this is unfair and should not be so unfair. This shouldn't have happened to my family. And uh, so it sounds like he started with those musts, but then using a process of uh, moral virtue, you, you were able to uh, overcome that kind of demanding thinking. And now you have strong preferences. I strongly, passionately desire and prefer this not, this not had happened, but I had better move on with my life. Would you say that's a fair summary of what you went through? Yeah, synthesizing it's it's the proper way to put it, Michael. You put it in a pretty in a pretty very well synthesized way. What I try to say is, if men they wish to live their spine of life that was allotted to them in quietness and peace, they must by all means keep clear of passions because you know there are good passions and there are bad passions. So for these primary passions. Having formal duty, it became necessary to justify the division of them by arranging them in the specific forms of feeling. Now we're talking about feelings under yeah. these four heads. In this task, you know, in the ancient in the ancient uh, days by the Stoics, they displayed a subtly which is more of the interest of the lexicographer than to the student of philosophy. They Sid, lay oh, Sid, great sorry, stress Sid, on derivation oh, Sid, of words uh, Sid, as according oh, a clue to their meaning. Sid, sorry to interrupt, but we just have another minute or two. So just to wrap up, uh, Niraj, was there anything uh, you wanted to summarize with or uh, finish off with? Yeah, yeah. So yes. it's really... Yeah, so the way I would like to summarize is really courageous of Sid to come on this show and share his story and share how stoicism has really impacted him. And REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior the the Therapy and Stoicism has a strong parallels. Uh, they are uh, quite uh, influenced, uh, REBT is uh, influenced by stoicism. So thank you very much again, Sid, for uh, sharing your story and sharing your experience. And yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Sid. I agree with Naraj that it was courageous of you and thoughtful of you to come on and tell us your story and how you got through it. And also, I would like to thank Chris Rossini, our tech engineer. And I'm Dr. Michael Edelstein, clinical psychologist. And if you have any comments about the podcasts, any thoughts, please put them uh, below. Give, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the 3-Minute Therapy Podcast to stay on the rational side of life.